Welcome. This is Jesus, men and women. It's essentially just talking about the relationship of us with each other and our relationship with God and how all of that is very connected. And I think that the best way that we can see how connected that is, is in the story of the Bible. And so we're going to be reading through uh, the whole thing chronologically. I want to hear my voice, read the words of God, and I want to enrich myself and you if I can um, and give God the glory for his word and thank him for just allowing us this space to reverence him and to speak about him and to learn from him. So I just want to thank you for sticking with me through the changes and riding along through the wave of the new things to come. Okay. Uh, God bless you. And we will get into the word in just a moment. Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said that Abraham, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Hagar and Ishmael depart. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be the heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and put it on her shoulder. He gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water of the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat across from him at a distance of about a bow shot, for she said to herself, Let me not see the death of, my, of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Pichol, 
the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you are dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants has seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven, ewes, seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, you will take these seven ewe lambs, from my hand that they may be my witness that I have dug this well therefore he he called the place Beersheba because the two of them swore an oath there thus they made a covenant at Beersheba so Abimelech rose with Pichol the commander of his army and they returned to the land of the Philistines then Abraham planted a taramisk tree in Beersheba and there called the name of the Lord the everlasting God and Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the word. Here we are in Genesis chapter 21, where God visited Sarah. The Lord visited Sarah, and he said, The Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the said time in which God had spoken. God said what the F he said. Let me say that again without the profanity or the clapping. God said what he said. What he said is what he said. And what he said is what he's going to do. And when he does it, it's done, period. What? Come on now. God did what he said he was going to do at the time he said he was going to do it too. So boom. Um, and Abraham called the son whom Sarah born to him, the one that God said that was coming, he called him Isaac. And at eight days old, he was circumcised. That was part of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And so right here, we see Abraham being obedient. And I think it's something that some people kind of just brush over when they read. Um, but I don't want to brush it over because this part is very important. Had he not circumcised Isaac, the covenant would have been broken at that point because he didn't do his part. And that's good that Abraham did what he needed to do. He circumcised his son. Boom. Um, that was uh, verse four. And verse five says, now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And now the conversation that Sarah has within herself is one that I'm kind of familiar with. Like when God does it after you haven't been expecting it, it's like, dang, <laughs> that's crazy, you know? Um, and Sarah said in verse six, God has made me laugh and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Sarah was not that far in age from Abraham. Abraham was a hundred. For I have borne him a son in his old age. And we know that in order to continue the lineage, we have to bear sons. 
the daughters carry the lineage of another man, but the sons are the ones that have the seeds. You feel me? Uh, so the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. So now his little boy, his baby, is now a little boy that is ready to be under his father's wings and continue to grow into the man that he's supposed to be under the watchful eye and direction of his father. And to me, that always seemed like, well, not this particularly, but it, it it's reminiscent of like, I don't know, the kid going away, far, far away. I don't know. Like, he's never going to see his mom again. And like, that's not it. It's just like, he's done being breastfed. He's done being too young to be, uh, to not be coddled. So now that he's at that age of maturity enough to be under his father's wings the father's celebrating that and in verse 9 Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian whom she had born to Abraham the son so she saw um oh my gosh I forgot the boy's name I forgot the boy's name how did I do that that's okay. It'll come. Scoffing. So his brother, his old Isaac's older brother, was scoffing at the fact that his father prepared a feast for him and not himself. When he turned eight, there was no feast. I said eight because that's like something that I've heard. Eight or nine is the age of consciousness or maturity or enough for you to know right from wrong kind of thing. Um... That's what I heard. Uh, I might be wrong on that, so don't quote me. <laughs> don't quote me on anything, because I could be wrong on everything. Um, but I am reading the word and just kind of letting it guide me in my thinking as I'm walking through this with you. Uh, <clears throat> so, Big Bro was scoffing at Isaac. And Isaac's mom happens to see this. And so she says to her husband, get your other son away from my son because I don't want him to corrupt him or do anything that will harm him because I saw the way he was looking at him. I saw what he did. And then Abraham was upset because that's his son. You know what I mean? Like how, what, how can he tell his son to get him to get to go? in the middle of a party for his other son, like they're supposed to be celebrating together. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. So God recognized that Abraham was going to feel some kind of way about both of the things that he's experiencing. His oldest son, the son whom God did not promise, who it was known that God did not promise him. I'm sure he was being treated a certain way, maybe not by Abraham himself, but definitely by Abraham's wife. And I'm sure that, you know, a tight-knit community, people talk and things happen. I've, I've seen it, I've lived in it, and I'm sure that that was going on too, but that's not the focus of the story. But I'm just trying to paint like a, a broader picture of the emotions that were going on here because God wouldn't say this for no reason. So God understands the lad and what he was doing, right? He understands that Abraham would take that some kind of way also because that's 
his, they're both his sons. So he wants them ideally to get along, even if the circumstances in which they are in are a little bit wonky. Abraham as a father wants his kids to get along, his sons particularly. Um, so God said, don't let it be displeasing in your sight. Don't be upset that she said this to you. Um, or, yeah, or because of your bondwoman. Don't be upset because of the child's mother either. Because at the end of the day, she isn't the one responsible and neither is he. Abraham and Sarah are. Abraham and Sarah were told what God said. Abraham and Sarah decided to do the do with the bond woman, Hagar, and produce Ishmael. Hallelujah, I got the name. <laughs> Ishmael and Isaac. Um, so God said, you know, take it easy a minute. Think about it, right? Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. Now, I'm... I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure. I'm not entirely sure. I think this is the first time that God said, listen to Sarah. Because before he was upset that he listened to Sarah. And Sarah was not leading him in the right direction. And he did what he wanted to do. And God still turned it around and did what he needed to do to make sure his promises kept but this is the first time that God is like, Abraham, no, pay attention to what your wife is saying right now. She saw something negative in the energy of her child's brother. There is something there. Maybe you should pay attention to that. <clears throat> um, for in Isaac, your seed shall be called. You will have descendants in Isaac that that's that's done it's there he's here yet i will make i will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed because he is your son he will also have the ability to partake in what is of yours He's your seed. And so he is able to get the benefits of being your seed as well. Not being the chosen seed of God, but still a beneficiary of the covenant that Abraham made with God. Hmm. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and the skin of water, putting it on the shoulder. And he gave it to the boy. He gave it and the boy to Hagar. So he gave all of these things and the child to Hagar and sent her away and said, listen, you know what it is. It's time to go. Here you go. Be safe. Stay well. God bless you. And... <sighs> then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up and she placed the boy in one of the shrubs. So, I never been in the desert. So, 
I don't know what it's like, but I'm pretty sure it's hot, you know? Um, and I've been thirsty before and I felt like, oh my God, my throat is about to get cut open because of how thirsty I am. It's just, there is no heat, no saliva, no nothing, right? Um, so I'm sure that her giving her son all the water that she had and then seeing him still dehydrated and tired caused something in her motherly spirit instincts, if you will, to know like, yo, something is going to happen to my boy because we don't have anywhere to go or anything to drink on our journey. And I can't watch my son die out here. So she put him down and that was that. Oh, Lord. And then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me now see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite to him and lifted her voice and wept. She sat there and looked in his in opposite of him and cried spoke to God. Now, we don't know much about the bond woman's relationship with the divine, but we know that she is Egyptian, if I'm not mistaken. So they had a whole pantheon of gods. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure that she came from that kind of belief. And um, God heard the voice of the lad. So now, the boy was crying. Then the angel of the Lord called to Hagar out of heaven and said, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Does God fulfill his promises or what? God is taking care of Abraham's son, as he said. Here he is calling the bondwoman by her name to her face. Listen, I got you. You don't know me yet, but I know you by name. So what's up, baby? Let me take you out to dinner. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh. <sighs> He will make him a great nation. Hallelujah, he did. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. He opened her eyes. Did he like tell her which way to go? Is that what he means by open her eyes? Is it was like a mental unblocking where like it feels like you're, the top of your head is blossoming and you're like seeing things properly for the first time and not in desperation but in mental clarity and God is like, yo, it's right there. And you're like, oh shoot, it's right there. Let me go to it. And boom, she grabbed her baby and went. Or like, is it that she was blind and couldn't see because it was hot? Is it, what is it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and she went and filled the skin of water and gave the lad a drink. And God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. 
he got an Egyptian wife. That was his the start of his lineage. That was now the fourth little thing that was going on, all in one kind of story, right? That was one story. Here's another one. And it came to pass that when Abimelech and Pichol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me and with my offspring or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. So Abimelech is the one that gave Abraham kind of the reign to be in his territory. And now that Abraham has grown to this capacity, Abimelech is coming to him like, I hope that we still have a mutual understanding. And Abraham is like, yeah, for sure. And so back in the olden days, <laughs> they had this uh, ceremony where they would do a covenant or an agreement. And this is the next verses are... Um, just kind of outlining how that is. I'm not going to go through that because I'm not sure about the symbolism and stuff like that. And it gets a little confusing for me to try to explain. Plus, that's not... Uh, the, the specifics of the covenant is not something that I am fully versed on as far as meaning. So I'm going to leave that alone. Um, then Abimelech said to Abraham... What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? So he had a bunch of animals and then these seven lambs he had to the side. And he said, you will take these seven ewe lambs from my hand that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore, he called that place Beersheba because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus, they made a covenant at Beersheba. That was verse 32. So Abimelech rose with Pichol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there, God, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days. Okay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good fulfills his promises to the ends of the generations. God is so good. God is so good. I mean, come on. He took the lying and conniving and, and, and that, they, that they were doing before they had their, their promised seed and um, it was just like God was just continuing to provide and do what he said he was going to do and turn things around in ways that we just would not be able to comprehend. We just get to experience it and love him for it. And it's just awesome. God is awesome. God is so awesome. The everlasting God. And there is no better name to end this chapter with than the everlasting God. I don't know the Hebrew way of saying it, but it's definitely going to be posted on the um, Instagram. And 
I'm going to, you know, go in a little bit on maybe the definition or something, but the everlasting God, the God that lasts forever, the God that knows the beginning from the end, the God that knows Hagar by name, the God that calls her and gives her what she needs, lets her know that she's not alone, comforts her when she's dark and all alone. The God who has armies that go out and are victorious because they come in his name, because his name is great and greatly to be praised. God is good all the time. The everlasting God is good. Not just because of what he does, but because of who he is. He is from beginning to end forever the greatest, period. There is none other. All these others, you just need to know they are not him. He is, above all, the everlasting God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for always protecting me. Please guide and light my way through the decisions I make every day towards my destiny. In your mighty name, amen.